pour yourself a Pims and whip up that cream for those strawberries. This is Wimbledon, your 10-minute daily recap of the action at Wimbledon. Ready? Play. Iconic. Welcome to Wimbledon, day 12. A ladies' champion has been crowned. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I started the day watching The Breakfast at Wimbledon, which is like the hour-long pre-show that ESPN does. Mm-hmm. And uh, it got me a little bit hyped about tradition because it the, TSN didn't take over with their annoying intro music and their sort of annoying 10 minute intro of all the matches are that are on all the channels i got to hear the espn music so i was very excited Ooh, that's that is the only way that and nbc yeah are the only ways to start off your saturday ladies championship Mm-hmm. and obviously all of the tradition is back and we haven't really actually talked about the fact that 100 percent of fans were allowed since the quarterfinals Wow, I I didn't know that. I mean, I guess I wasn't paying much attention to the crowd, but um, special for the occasion, I think. Appropriate Mm -hmm. for the occasion. Yeah, and it seems like all of the, you know, the distancing, and and they didn't really seem to care about (laughs) any of that. Uh, They brought all of the the traditions back, the, you know, the walk, uh, the walk down the stairs. Uh, They did, I, they did remove the flowers. The ladies did not get the flowers this year because of COVID. That's a shame. I mean, just talking about that walk, you know, obviously the thing that's special about Wimbledon is that in its entire history, that corridor looks exactly the same. So you think about the legends like Billie Jean, Yvonne Goolagong, Navratilova, Evert, Graf, Serena Williams, Venus. They have all experienced what that looks like those double doors before they head out onto that green grass. Jeannie Bouchard. <laughs> Jeannie Bouchard? She right. made the final. That's right. That's right. I mean, her performance is not something we'll talk about, but she can definitely attest to that experience. <laughs> yes, she can. So I have to ask you, I was wondering what you thought of the match. I was getting a little bit nervous that we were going to get a repeat of Rome when, <laughs> when Barty won the first 14 points, which apparently is a record. Right. So funny that you should mention, because I just finished watching Pliskova's post-match interview, her press conference. And, um, you know, I thought that it was really funny that she said <laughs> after losing the first 14 points, she thought about not getting double bageled. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she was thinking it. <laughs> she was definitely thinking about that. And she basically said, like, you know, Ash made it so difficult for me to even get any point to make it really uncomfortable for me out there. And, um, yeah, listen, regardless of who you're cheering for, you always kind of want to have a competitive final. It's always so much better that way. Um, I don't really think of the first 14 points as being kind of like, you know, particularly in Ash's favor. I mean, she didn't blast 14 winners or aces and all of that stuff. But, I mean... You know, come on, Pliskova, you got all the way to this juncture. You had to, you have to kind of make a show of it. So I was a little bit nervous like you. Yeah. 
she was a little bit nervous, obviously a little nerve, nervy uh, at the beginning, but she certainly made a match of it. And I think, you know, t- towards the end and during the trophy presentation, we saw the heart of the cyborg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. She certainly, I think, endeared herself um, throughout throughout the match. She had moments where she, you know, she was down in the match, but she was smiling on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, and she certainly endeared herself during her um, acceptance speech as, as the runner-up. Yeah, I think, um, you know, someone reported that when she was on a break, she took her USB port that she connects to her body and downloaded... Um, she typed in emotions and then she downloaded emotions for the um, final speech so that she could have a couple. So she had some. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And listen, and I have to say something in all, in all seriousness, I have ragged on her hard, hard. Yes. Jason has not ragged on you one second. People have ragged on you hard girl on um, the GLTA players lounge when I when I watched you in that post match on uh, the center court, you know, about to cry, talking about your experience and and the fans um, cheering for you, those are the kinds of kind of moments of vulnerability that make a player I think so endearing. So I'm glad she got to show that. I think it's, you know, nice that she had that opportunity because. Listen, at the end of the day, we want to get into everyone. We want to have a reason to root for someone. And I think that was a moment for her where she gained some fans. So I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. I, I also sort of found myself cheering for her mostly because I wanted to see more tennis. <laughs> and because you, you didn't quite expect that to happen when she went down, I think, 3-1 in the second set. You're like, oh, OK, this is going to be a bit more routine. Right. But it didn't end up being that way. And she was able to cobble together the second set. And, uh, you know, she was down for most of the third set, but she still made the match interesting. And there were some incredible um, points in that match. Yeah, I was going to, you know, are you a mind reader? Because I was going to ask you about that particular situation, but on the opposite end, like, let's say you're Barty in that sitch. Okay, you've clinched the first set, you're up 3-1. Now all of a sudden you're in this battle to win your win the championship in a tie break. You lose the tie break, so you go through this entire roller coaster of emotions of like I'm almost gonna win it. Okay, I'm gonna lose the second set. Okay, I've got a chance to win it again. Under normal circumstances, I would have crumbled in that third set. It takes an insane amount of mental fortitude to not let the occasion overwhelm you. So what did you what did you think about Barty's chances in the in that third set? Yeah, I mean, it was anybody's match, I think, at that point. I still think Barty was playing, obviously, a little bit better. Um, she was serving for the the title at 6-5, having, bro- having broken Plishkova in the second set. Mm-hmm. And she got broken at 15. So mm-hmm. um, she was obviously nervy um, to close out the match. I, It was impressive that she was able to... Um, you know, still sort of play her game, um, hitting that forehand, making Plishkova hit a few more balls. And Plishkova is always going to be the player that takes a few more risks. Mm-hmm. And um, But yeah, I was still impressed that it ended up being the match that it did. It, it wasn't obviously the 
um, amazing performance of Halepe from mm-hmm. two years ago. <laughs> that match was unbelievable in that uh, it was competitive on both ends, but the scoreline didn't suggest that just because Halep played so beautifully. This was mm. a different kind of uh, match, a bit back and forth. They were mm. um, off uh, at, at different points uh, in the match, but Barty was more on in the end. And she's living her dream. Yeah, I mean, on social media, everyone has seen that picture of her as a six-year-old on that soaked court with that little tennis trophy. You know what? Just side note, I, I think... On the tennis trophy, it indicated the year, which was 2003. Like, I was a 21-year-old, like, full-fledged, five-foot-six male, and she was just this little bean. Mm-hmm. Fucking probably playing better <laughs> than me at that age, <laughs> even now. But, um, yeah, she's living the dream. And one thing that I found so special about her moment was when she got emotional in her post-match interview on court talking about Yvonne Gulagong, who, of course, is a legendary tennis um, le- legend in Australia, and how much she, how much of an impact that she has had on Ash's game, her life. And, you know, it just goes to show you that mentors are important and that, you know, from, for a girl who experienced depression, wanted to qu- actually kind of quit the sport, right, for, for some time, mm-hmm. she's fucking holding the Venus Rosewater dish. Like, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. What do you think her um, impact will be on the sport, question one? And what do you think... Do you think she can sort of clean up her game a bit because she still has sort of those moments where she looks a bit wobbly in matches and can't sort of... Be sort of the complete player of you know those those women who dominated in the past. Do you think mm. she could get there? Yeah. Uh, okay. First question: What's her what's her impact on the sport? I mean, you know, maybe we haven't addressed it, but I think it's important to note. She did say again in her post match interview, you know, um, being have, having indigenous roots. The reason why Yvonne Golagong was so important to her, I mean, that's going to be so important for her and for indigenous children, especially in Australia, to see that they have a role model to look up to. So I think in that respect, she's going to be a hero, heroine, I should say. And um, can she clean up her game? I mean, I hope so. I think that, I think that you know, people are kind of tired of this like seesaw. No, maybe not. I was going to say people are tired of like a seesaw kind of WTA where it could be any player to win the championship. It would be nice to have some more stability and have a clear number one throughout the year, you Mm -hmm. know, that people are trying to chase. What about you? Do you think that she can clean it up? Yeah, I mean, it would. I think we've talked about this before. It would be nice to see a sort of a, a group of players who can come out and start competing for titles on the regular, mm-hmm. you know, like, <laughs> like Naomi, like a Bianca, like a Barty, like a Goff, maybe a throw a Jennifer Brady in there. A Pliskova. Uh, a Pliskova. <laughs> yeah. Let's get a little bit more Pliskova. Let's get a few more opportunities for Angie and Kavitova. Mm. Maybe that's too many. We need to pick like four <laughs> because that's kind of what we're talking about. We're like, who are going to be the women to, to do that? Like Halep could have a couple more chances. So 
you know, the discussion, I think, with the, some of the ESPN folks was, is there going to be a, um, an era like this again? Because there is a feeling like some of these players could start to take control, like like Goff, she's, she's you know, up and coming and still only 17. Mm-hmm. So could there be a new era uh, coming soon, like Graf, Celis, and Navratilova? You know, I think, I think part of the potential for that, the reason why there really is no kind of few players that are constantly in the running for slams is because the, I would say the vast majority of women play the same way. It's really all about hitting flat, hitting power. Barty represents perhaps a new age in women's tennis when where variety will be more important. So, you know, if she can really hone her game, there's no reason why she can't dominate. And she may be the one to take it up to that next level. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, it, we've we've heard it before, like, you know, some people just don't like watching women's tennis because they feel it's so one dimensional. But watching her is a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's going to be the pioneer in that respect. Or a fresh, a, a, a fresh of breath air. <laughs> did, did I say that before? <laughs> you did say that before. She does play quite beautifully, obviously. She's maybe like a Federer light in terms of like the, the flow that she has on the court. The one stroke that maybe she doesn't have quite as nice um, as, at the moment is a backhand. Like she still has a two-handed backhand that mm-hmm. uh, is not quite as as um, effective as her forehand. But her slice is amazing. Uh, her serve um, gets is, is good when it's on. Mm-hmm. So I think we're all very happy for her. It is incredible that she's 25. She took two years off. She's won two slam titles. She's obviously way happier um, having won Wimbledon because of the <laughs> the history, uh, I think there's uh, there there was a lot of talk uh, during the match about the um, Australians generally feeling like Wimbledon is their favorite slam, even though they have one in their own country. The mm-hmm. the history um, on grass, and I think just the feeling of, uh, that Wimbledon has in that country mm-hmm. um, makes it the the most important, and why she said. Um, you know, recently that she wanted to win it. So, yeah, I mean, check me on this, but like, I can think of Yvonne Goulagong, um, Pat Cash on the men's side. Pat Rafter never won Wimbledon, but I think made it to the final a couple times. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I can understand the importance of Wimbledon to Australians. Maybe there's a Commonwealth connection there as well. Um, but I mean, listen, it's been said before, Wimbledon is the tournament to win, even mm. though it's like the most unique surface. Um, maybe that adds to its allure and prestige, but mostly it's the history. And now she can call, like, it always gives me shivers and chills when they, you know, have the person that's uh, responsible for, uh, is it engraving on the... Um... Uh, it's, I think it's like a, uh, like a bronze um, plating and they they have it already prepared and they just remove the tape and it sticks <laughs> it sticks on yeah I just I'm laughing to myself because it's like they have two little um, tabs one that says a Barty and one that says K Pushkova and they're like the, okay, am I gonna am I gonna put this in am I gonna put this one <laughs> and but anyway that that part when they do the little kind of 
putting the bronze plating always gives me chills. Yeah, and then seeing seeing the moment when the player goes up and sees their name on the board is very cool. I yeah. wondered what they were going to do, like if they were going to leave 2020, like a space for 2020, but they just put her right right below like they would halepe would they have put like 2020 covid yeah exactly covid COVID was was the one one our our insurance policy was (laughs) amen to that did you want to talk a little bit um before we go about the shay mertens moment um listen shay and mertens i think i think it's listen especially for mertens who is a I don't want to say a better singles player, but has done better in singles than Shea has. Shea is already a Wimbledon champion. She's already a French Open champion. Um, You know, I think this was kind of a sweet victory for Mertens. She gets to hoist um, a slam trophy, albeit maybe not the one that she wanted the most. But her partnership with Shea is new this year. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's nice to see when a pairing really clicks and... It was. It, it's just nice. I mean, you and I have talked about Mertens in so many like deep matches, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. Always doing well at the you know WTA Premier tournaments, but never really doing anything at the Slam. So this was a nice kind of victory for her. Hmm. I watched a little bit of that match, and when you watch doubles, I don't know how much people watch doubles. When when you actually get to watch it, it's it's incredible <laughs> I'm, I'm just watching i'm like i'm nowhere near as good as any of these people and it makes me think like why why don't more people watch this it's so mm-hmm. exciting it's so fast mm-hmm. and um the the ball placement the the things you have to watch as a player when you're like playing from the back and you're you're seeing where the net player is and the the other opponent and you want to know where your your partner is going it's it just it makes me want to be in montreal right now playing doubles <laughs> yeah um the game is completely different it's a completely different game you know that's why there are so many you know career double specialists um yeah, and it, again, it makes me really wonder why there isn't more televised doubles matches and people don't get into it. Like, you know, I would, I would, I would dare say that, you know, even the top tennis fans can barely name the top ten doubles players in the world on the women's and the men's side. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of a shame. So yeah, it's very true. I mean, and it it goes without saying because we didn't watch the men's match or have nothing to say about it because we don't know any of the results but there there is a women's champion and there is a a men's doubles champion as well i know this for certain the men's doubles champion champions are the first all croatian team i think it's matek and pavcic okay I think, I think, I think. But anyway, yay, congrats to them. <laughs> congrats to them. I I know, you know, for a double specialist, that payday looks pretty sweet. I think it's like almost $700,000 US. So they have to split it, but... Oh, I was going to say. To get that payday, to play doubles and win a title, that sounds amazing to me. Yeah, treat yourself to some strawberries and cream. Strawberry and cream, baby. Maybe a, <laughs> a, a bottle of champagne. Uh, okay, the men's final is... The, sorry, the gentleman's final is tomorrow. <laughs> uh-huh. It's going to be juicy. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be... Let's hope it's going to be juicy. Yeah. Let's hope. 
It's the the two best players in the tournament. Right. And you're three for four. You're 75%. What was your... What was so... You got Ash, Berrettini, and Joko. And who was your other ladies pick to make the final? Mugu. Oh, man. I know. That's okay. She had chances, but... <laughs> the, the time that maybe maybe we're giving her a Mugu curse. Like, we have to stop picking her to go deep. Yeah. Well, we can't add her to the list. There's Then there's too many players in that, <laughs> in that list of women's players. It needs to be short so that we can have women winning multiple slams so i would yeah. like to add, i would like to add her though because i like her ig game uh do you wish you were invited to the party party i i want i want <laughs> to be invited to that party party she one of the reasons before we go one of the reasons why she's so good for the sport is she's so nice she has yes i she called um carolina like kari or something she had like a like a nickname like they they're friendly mm-hmm. i assume she has like friendly names with everybody she she kept calling her i was like what is she calling her yeah she yeah she's you can tell in just her demeanor when she has interviews that she's a really sweet and kind girl so that's great i'm so happy we're so happy for her come on our show barty and we'll we'll have a little <laughs> we'll have a little barty party over here <laughs> Okay, see you tomorrow. One last day. Oh, small tear. Oh, wait. Before what? we before we go for real, it's. I'm so happy that you're staying on the oh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I am not leaving. Those of you that thought that I was leaving for real, I am not. Yeah, um, how was, could I? How could it I? It was leave? never gonna happen. It was never gonna happen. How could I leave? How could I leave? Anyway, I'm sticking around. <laughs> Bye. We're here for your tennis tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is. But if you like what we're serving up, please give us a five star review and like, share, and subscribe and like such as. Wait, one more thing. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready. Play Tennis Podcast.